Just Greeks and Beats, episode 12, Philoyelos. Και κύριοι, γεια σα! Καλώ ήρθατε για κι άλλο ένα επεισόδιο του Just Greeks and Beats Podcast. <laughs> yes! That was Greek for ladies and gentlemen, friends. Welcome to another episode of Just Greeks and Beats. Episode 12, and what a few days it has been since the last episode. During the week, we celebrated the Holy Pentecost, a celebration in the Greek Orthodox Church that takes place 50 days after the resurrection of Christ. It also celebrated, I also celebrated my youngest lad's birthday. Yep, Thanasi turned two. Chronia pola to him. I have been keeping very busy during this treacherous lockdown and social distancing with both my podcast series, my radio shows, my family, my work, and everything in between. Thank goodness I can talk a lot. Otherwise, we would have ended just the Greeks and Beats maybe, what, 11 episodes ago? Um, Thus far, we have had four amazing guests join the series and we have had so many more line up, guys. Uh, I thought this week would go just back to me and my Malakias. I really did not have anything planned, so I thought what better than to do an episode full of laughs and history of humor in a Greek sense. Just briefly though, let's have a quick chat about Pentecost and its meaning in my own words. Pentecost, which is celebrated the 50 days after Easter Sunday, commemorates the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles and the followers of Jesus Christ. In Eastern Christianity, Pentecost can also refer to the entire 50 days of Easter through Pentecost inclusive. Hence, the book containing the liturgical text is called the Pentecostarion. Since its date depends on the date of Easter, Pentecost is a movable feast. Pentecost is one of those great feasts of the Eastern Orthodox Church. It's a solemnity in the Roman rite of the Catholic Church, a festival in the Lutheran Church, and a principal feast in the Anglican Church. Many Christian denominations provide a special liturgy for this one holy celebration. Episode 12, guys, is is titled Philogelos, It translates to love of laughter. Part of Greek life is having a laugh. I believe that. And I believe that having a laugh is that a a playful, cheeky nature, of course. Like, you know, it's just important to have a laugh and be cheeky, which really helps promote a long, healthy life in both mind and body. Look, with a dark depressed and lost mind, we just don't get through life and the worst thing could happen. Philogelos also happens to be the oldest existing collection of jokes. The collection is written in Greek and the language used indicates that it may have been written in the 4th century AD. It is attributed to um, Heracles and Philagrius about whom little we really know. The collection perhaps dates from 
after 248 AD because the celebration of a thousand years of Rome is mentioned in that book. Although it is the oldest existing collection of jokes, it is known that it is not the oldest collection because Athanius wrote that Philip II of Macedon paid for a social club in Athens to write down its members' jokes. And at the beginning of the second century BC, Platius twice has a character mentioning uh, books of jokes. The collection contains 265 jokes categorized into subjects such as teachers and scholars and eggheads and fools. Those who would know about ancient Greek history and ever have read about ancient gods of Olympus would know that many of them had not one drop of humility and always tried to outdo one another as the favorite god of the people. So this joke would flow really well (laughs) with that attitude. Zeus and Hermes get into an argument about which of them is held in a high esteem by mortals. They decide to settle the matter by disguising themselves as travellers and visiting a sculptor's studio. Inside the studio, they inquire about the price of the statue of Hermes. Ah, Hermes, the messenger of gods, says the sculptor. He's 20 drachmas. Hermes and Zeus don't know if this is a good price or not, so they make more inquiries. They ask about the statue of Hera nearby. Aha, yes, Hera, the queen of gods. She's 30 drachmas. All that curly hair takes longer to carve than you know. <laughs> Zeus smirks, uh, Zeus smirks and, um, uh, to himself, and he's thinking, ha ha, ha my wife costs more than Hermes does. Then he points to a statue of himself and he asks the price. He go, and the sculptor says, ah, Zeus, king of the Olympians. Listen, I'll tell you what, if you buy Hermes and Hera, I'll throw in Zeus for free. <laughs> yes, there we go. I'm pretty sure that's what uh, kicked Zeus off the throne, the almighty. Now, going off on a slight different uh, angle, guys, this podcast is not about opinions or a political statement. It is a podcast about facts, culture, traditions, and my experiences. But currently, there is so much going on around the world that it's really setting off a question in our head about the human race, especially when we talk about racism. Racism is not just something people encounter based on the color of their skin. It is also caused because of cultural indifferences, of language difficulties, of national identity. Guys, my father and his siblings, my mother and her sister and mother, all migrated to Australia from Greece in the the 70s. And a whole load of abuse was thrown at them. It was a difficult time in their life when they had just left everything back in Greece and started a fresh new life with nothing but the clothes on their back. Why am I saying this? Because starting a new life in Australia, a country which is already heavily established with racism, such as the English against the Indigenous people, my family was all abused and threatened with racism. They were called wogs and many other names. But what did we as Greeks do? We took it upon ourselves to build a life, a family, an empire with whatever we had. In a recent interview, a very famous English-born Australian Cypriot singer said that 
uh, said this about growing up in um, with Greek parents in Australia due to all the unfortunate things happening in America with protests and racism. He says, my Greek parents received vile abuse at the hands of racists while growing up in Australia. My parents and I have had racism thrown at us for years, but people are finally waking up to this horrific side of the world. Oh man, these are very sad times. Both my parents are Greek and we had racism thrown at us left, right and centre for years. When you see or experience racism, when you see it happen to people over and over again, you just can't sit back and say nothing. It's not right. It never has been. Petros Dimitris Andreas or Peter Andre is an English-Australian singer, songwriter, businessman, TV personality who was born in Harrow, northeast London, to Greek parents. But he says his family had racism thrown at them for years after they moved to London, uh, from London to Australia, uh, when he was only six years old. This isn't the first time that Peter Andre has spoken out about racial abuse. He experienced it in Australia. He experienced it in London. And as a result, um, it's all because of his Greek ethnicity. The best thing to come out of this is that we are resilient. Greeks are very resilient people. We took on that abuse and we turned it into comedy. This is where ethnic Australian comedy was born. For first generation Greek migrants who grew up in a homogenized culture in Australia, comedy was a way to share in a common experience that at times included racism and feelings of alienation. In the 80s and 90s, the experiences of Greeks in Australia or Greek Australians hit the mainstream via theatre productions such as Wogs Out of Work or TV shows like Acropolis Now and then in the following decade, movies like The Wog Boy and Wog Boy 2, Kings of Mykonos. I'm not going to dwell too much into this, however, because in the next episode, I have an interview lined up with one of the founders of Greek comedy in Australia, Mr. Agamemnon Aristotelis Dimitropoulos, or better known as George Capignaris. Oh, mate, this will be a cracker of an episode. But look, guys, back to my current one about Philogelos. Hey, here is a question for you. Did you ever get a chance to visit Greece during the 2004 Olympics? Did you notice there were many additional sports in that particular Olympiad? Here are some of them. Cigarette chain smoking marathon. The first person to cough up their lungs wins. Gathering olives from the trees. The Spaniards reckon that they can take on Greece in this one. Long distance spitting. Yep, I'm pretty good at that. Might have uh, won a medal or two. The nastiest armpit smell. This event takes place on any bus in central Athens. The thickest mustaki competition, and females are welcome to compete too in this one. Goat herders relay, oh, big controversy. Bulgaria were disqualified at this because they lost their bill. <laughs> the Tavli competition, ask for kostaki at the Cafenil and do not eat the sporia. The koboloi toss, 
Both distance and accuracy counts for points. Double points if you get stuck in the climateria. <laughs> the longest duration wearing the same piece of clothing. Qualifiers for this event go straight into the final round for event four. <laughs> the Papaki race to the beach. A Papaki is a small motorbike. You get 10 points if you knock over a German backpacker. The evil eye stare down competition. Freak se matiasma for anybody who arrives before 10 p.m. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, would have been great at that one. Um, the beriba playing. Bonus points if you slam cards down so hard that you knock the bowl of Xerus Carpus. And the frappe drinking competition. Bonus points are available if you still look tough and macho after the f- uh, with a frappe in your hand. <laughs> oh, guys, let me just say, Greece won gold, silver, and bronze in all those events. Ah, oh, what a laugh. Hey, since we mentioned the Spanish in the joke above here, um, above... Here is a little story from years ago about a small rural town in Spain which twinned with a similar town in Greece. The mayor of the Greek town visited the Spanish town. When he saw the the palace, the mansion, belonging to the Spanish mayor, he wondered aloud how on earth he could afford such a house. The Spaniard replied, You see that bridge over there? The EU gave us a grant to construct a two-lane bridge But by building a single-lane bridge with traffic lights at either end, I could build this palace. The following year, the Spaniard visited the Greek town. He was simply amazed at the Greek mayor's house. Gold taps, marble floors, diamond doorknobs. Oh, it was marvellous. When he asked how he raised the money to build this incredible house, the mayor said, you see that bridge over there? The Spaniard replied, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, government and public servants are just the laughing stock of Greece. Honestly, one day a Greek government worker was digging through his office drawers when suddenly he comes upon a magic lamp. Since he'd heard all these jokes before, he knew that he had to rub the lamp and make a genie come out. So he rubbed the lamp and, oh, by surprise, out popped the genie. The genie asked, As genies will, what is your first wish? The Greek government worker thought about it for a second. Then he replied, I would like to be rich. So the genie granted him his wish and poof, the man was surrounded by piles of money rivaling that of Martha Stewart and Bill Gates. Since the Greek government worker knew the whole wish process, the genie didn't even have to ask for number two before he said, my second wish is to be on an island with beautiful women surrounding me and obeying my every command. And poof, there he was. Then the Greek government worker, or as I like to call him, a public servant, decided on his third wish. I don't want to do any work ever again. And poof. In an ironic twist, he was back in his office in Athens. (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, there you go, guys. A whole episode of some cheeky laughs 
I hope you had a great time because I sure did. As mentioned, George Capanaris is on next episode and I'm really, really looking forward to sharing this with you. All right, guys. Now, getting back onto the Greeks and Beats podcast, the part that we uh, don't often uh, do in the podcast series, obviously, is the Beats. So today, I'm just going to quickly run through one of my favorite styles of Greek music, which we have talked a bit about in the recent episodes with Peter Mazouris and all that different... Um, you know, music talk that we've had. But I'm going to talk about the Laikotrawudi, or the Song of the People, the popular song, which is a Greek music genre that is composed in Greek language in accordance with the tradition of Greek people. Laiko followed after the commercialization of the Rebetiko music. Classic Laiko, or the Classico Palio Laiko, as it's known today, was the mainstream popular music of Greece during the 1960s and the 70s. It was dominated by singers such as uh, Grigoris Bithikotsis, Marinella, Stelios Kazadzidis, Panos Gavalas, many, many others. Amongst those uh, significant songwriters and lyricists of this period were people like Yorgos Zabetas, Manolis Hiotis, and Vasilis Tsitsanis. Mate, there are still some of those composers um, and songwriters that are massive, massive and still around with us today. Um, there was also a more cheerful version of Laiko, which I call the Elafro Laiko. Um, and it was also, it was pretty much used in a lot of that golden era of Greek uh, cinema. Um, then you've got the contemporary Laiko, the Sichrono Laiko which also is what we know now as the modern Laiko. Um, it's currently Greece's mainstream music genre. It's the strongest in Greek dances, and it has rhythms of today's Greek culture, such as Nisiotika, Sirta, Hasapika, Kalamatiana, Zembekiko, Sirtaki, Tsifteteli, and um, most, of these uh, most of these tracks use the traditional Greek uh, instrument, the buzuki. Um, so you know, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into one of um, these tracks called "Tuvotanikuto uh, Omangas." This is one of my favorite tracks of that early era of Laiko um, by Grigoris Bithikotsis. Bithikotsis was born in Beristeri, Athens, in 1922 to a pretty poor family, um, but then he became interested in music at an early age. He met composer Mikis Theodorakis in 1959 and the two collaborated producing folk songs. Bithikotsis composed over 80 songs including Stubelamito Uzeri and Tovataniku Omangas. He possessed such a rich singing voice that he performed his own compositions and those of Theodorakis who frequently chose him as a friend to perform his masterpieces. Guys, have a listen, and we'll be back. Botanico mangas 
πέθανε την Κυριακή και το κλάψαν οι κοπέλες κι όλοι φίλοι καρδιακοί. Του βοτανικού το μάγκα το καλύτερο παιδί στα πουζούκια στις ταβέρνες κανείς δε θα το δει στα μπουζούκια στις ταβέρνες κι κανείς δε θα το δει The song is pretty much saying the mangas or the, the cool dude of the Votaniko died on a Sunday. All the girls and the friends cried for him. Um, he was the best guy at the buzukia and at the taverns. No one will see him anymore. So it was about a gentleman who really just loved the nightlife, who you know loved to get out there. He was his own person. He always had a great time. He never harmed anyone. Everyone around him loved him. Um, he was the best man just at the everywhere, everywhere that he went. But now he's absent from the parties and all the gatherings and the gangs and all that. So, you know, it's a pretty significant song. It's, you know, it depicts me in a way where I just love to be out in the crowd you know, just stirring up that gephi. As always, don't forget that you can tune into my weekly radio show where I get to play all the new, loved and classic Greek beats over two hours of live stream fun every Monday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Adelaide time via facebook.com forward slash gephi live radio or forward slash DJ Valandi. This is Valandi and I will keep your gephi streaming. <laughs> 